Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh my! Joined by our shark in Velociraptor? Yes. T-Rex? Velociraptor. I said T-Rex in the B-roll by accident. It might be a Velociraptor. And they self-identify as a a Veraptor? A Veraptor. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do identify as a Veraptor. Yeah, me too. My daddy was a T-Rex and my mama was a Raptor. Is that Ooh, a real let's song? make the mom the T-Rex so that yeah. it's like power would move. be way more painful. Power move. Well, just the size of the baby. But anyway. Now. Mm-hmm. Okay. April, what are we going to talk about today on the podcast? So, we're not talking about that. Um, so today we are going to go through the some more common and some less common poly dynamics. Yes. Poly relationship dynamics. Dynamics. Relationship styles. Relationship structure. Some that we know. Some that I'm not as well versed on. Yeah, some that we pulled just for this episode. Some of them that I know about, but I don't really know tons about. I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of them. Yeah. So So you're going to kind of watch us processing that live, which is going to be great. Good luck. It's like you're going to be here with us. Hmm. We do have two extra hand puppets, so, you know. (laughs) Just saying. With friends. (laughs) We're not not monogamous when it comes to hand puppets either. We're also not monogamous when it comes to friends. But who is? Get at me. So, do you want to jump on in? Yeah, I want to jump on in. I want to start with what I think is probably like, especially if you're in an established relationship and you're coming into this thinking like, I want to open that established relationship. A lot of people will immediately find themselves trying to uh, try out either a triad thruple situation or even a a quad situation. Um, Now, the triad, basic geometry, three people. Usually the two people who are already in an established relationship and a third if you're doing it the healthy ethical way. Um, But it doesn't need to be that the entire time. Like it could also just be three people who are all living together and very much in love and in a relationship with one another. It also doesn't indicate that it's like closed or not. Like so they Mm -hmm. could all be open to more partners too. I wanted to ask you when you think of quad and triad, do you get the idea that it's closed or it's still open other partners? Because I, for me, I noticed that when I was making the notes that I was like, oh, these are closed relationships. And I was like, wait a minute. I think, I think they have to be. I think my default is to think of them as closed only because I think I'm just so conditioned to think of it as unicorn hunting. Mm-hmm. And typically those are closed triads or yeah. closed tri- quads, but they don't yeah. have to be. Those looking for a third, usually it gives off this idea that you want a closed triad. Yes, but they don't have to be. Right. And I know that, but I think my default is to think like, oh, obviously it's typically another guy with his wife looking for another female. I actually had someone message me that a couple days ago. He's like, oh, I'm looking, I have a wife and we're looking for another female. And I was like, nah, fam. Thank you, though. That's why it's called unicorn, because to find somebody who want, who actually wants that, very, very rare. He said he wasn't looking for a unicorn. <laughs> we We have some prominent stories where people just don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. We digress. Um, And then for the quad, one dynamic that's pretty common is two couples dating. Huh? Huh? What I almost like about that is the idea that, like, that those couples are at least admitting, like, yes, this is my primary relationship, which gets all of my attention. And so we are one unit dating your unit. That's that's one way that I thought about it. Yeah. And I there was a documentary. I don't know if I see. I think I said it If it, it was to you. monogamish, then yes. I don't know. I don't think it was that one. There was another one that they had a quad on their documentary. Mm-hmm. And the quad, they all lived together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they did start as two separate couples. So it was interesting to see their main relationship and how that moved or kind of transformed into the four of them. Because you mm-hmm. could tell they still had their main relationship. Like, obviously, they've known each other longer. They've known each other longer. But then they all lived that was an interesting yeah situation i almost wonder if it's easier to like transition into that 
just because you can still rely on like things that have been serving you in your established monogamous relationship yeah. As in, like, you can still have a person who's your primary, quote-unquote, best friend. You know, the, you can maintain a hierarchy still. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot – I don't want to say there's a lot less work, but I guess for me, just kind of, like, thinking it out right now, I almost wonder if it's less, like, work that you have to do. Yeah, I think on some level it, – it, I think there's more work in some areas and less work in others. I think it also – could tend to be more ethical with quads mm-hmm. because there's not one person being outnumbered. Right, right. But and I think... And a person being left out of certain things like, you know, um, anniversaries yeah. or things like that. There's or no decision-making. couple privilege yeah. as much. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like the um, propensity or odds of that happening with two couples who are both equally attracted to each other is mm-hmm. like insanely low yeah insanely i will low. say for me it always appears that there's one person who's kind of the outlier yeah of like ooh, i don't know if i this couple was fairly well matched but i, I think again they're the exception not the rule yeah in my opinion i almost would say the couple that i would be looking for and okay with that's like a unicorn pair or whatever yeah two people who i'm equally attracted to who have equal like closeness with and like feel like we each have our own established relationships and things like that yeah that yeah. seems super rare yeah yep. all those people are happily monogamous or whatever but no I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um next one here i think we've spoken on everything for triad uh, except that you can also call a triad a thruple huh and then you know what the quad version of that is? A quapple. <laughs> Sorry, it's not. I just thought. Okay. Um, I was like, it sounds like a disease. Quapple. What do you have, quapple? You ever heard of the game quap? No. Yeah. Is this pre to like Nicki Minaj wop? <laughs> no, it's, but it, it is stupid. If you know quap, get at me in the comments. Is this a geek thing? Deep. Nice. Geek thing. It, nice. It's so, it's so deep. Okay. Um, and then, once again, just closing off on triad, thruple, quad, it can be any arrangement of three to four people. It's mostly called that because of the number of people involved. Yeah. Next, we're moving on to hierarchical polyamory, or what I learned was also called one primary plus. Hmm. I've never heard it called that. Someone could technically ask you, are you down with OPP? I bet you know me. Thank you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Um, hierarchical polyamorous relationships, they place more importance on one relationship over other relationships. And I think that's something that we see with established relationships. I think that's something that even we have talked about as two people who came from established relationships that were opening up our relationships. Yeah. 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 I think I said relationships like way too many times in that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It's about relationships. It's tricky. And this is the, this is definitely my, I'm glad you asked. I've been wanting to talk about it for a minute, you know, moment where it's like, uh, I think the idea of dismantling a hierarchy in relationships is like wonderful but like also unrealistic if you are bringing in partners that are more establishing your life like let's look at it not even intimately like if you and i go to lunch with a third friend there's a little bit of hierarchy of like we know each other more we have more shared stories because we work together Mm -hmm. so like more in common and things like that so it's trickier to so like we wouldn't really be able to sit there and honestly say like oh yeah no this is an equal triangle of knowing each other you know i think for me so obviously hierarchical higher am i saying that right i feel like i'm getting tongue-tied i think yeah but you did the same thing that i did where when i said it i had a pause of like did i say that right though hierarchical polyamory so it can also be um and my understanding is i've also seen people use it when they do have multiple partners Mm -hmm. so not just plus one um i think for me my goal has been to be less hierarchical mm-hmm. and i think we've talked about this where and, and for me what that looks like is i am completely on my own for my own schedule i dictate my own time i don't check in with my partner about mm-hmm. if i want to do something are you cool with that not fam yeah. if i'm not busy i'm going yes um i don't have any like i can be where i want when i want how i want whatever that looks like mm-hmm um but yeah like we he and i do share a house and we have things in common like you know we bought an rv together Mm -hmm. and we have a boat together so and shared like deep familial wounds yes traumas so there is a certain level at which 
there's a hierarchy just by it existing. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I really try to make an effort when I'm dating to not hierarchy one person's needs over the other. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, my needs come first, my basic needs come first. But mm-hmm. then after that, I'm not going to be like, oh, Jay, my longstanding partner's in pain. So I'm going to drop you and go deal with him. Like that's mm-hmm. for me, not how it works. And one thing that I want to add to that is that there's also like a lot of work that goes into um, like, you know, in your case specifically, I don't I don't ever feel like that's a true like you're you're not dropping one as in like they have their own support. They have their own system of like, OK, I know if I need to get therapy, I can get therapy. Mm-hmm. I know if I need to get like medical attention, I know where to get medical attention. So like it's not like, oh, my God, can you please help me? And you're like, no, nah, figure it out. Bye. So, and I think, and I do worry, I've seen that criticized in some of the poly groups where it's very like, oh yeah, some more seasoned poly people are very like, figure it out yourself, eh, you know, but like, I think there's something to be said about burning out from being there too much for somebody, but also being able to like guide a person without letting them totally take over or like yeah dominate a situation that they're Mm -hmm. they don't need to be dominating yeah and i think obviously just also recognizing that like shit does happen so like there was an example when i was about to go on a second date with someone and uh binks our cat got ran over yeah and obviously in that moment i need to put my attention on that situation Mm -hmm. and the person that i'm dating hopefully obviously understands that Mm -hmm. and it's not that i am hierarching them like oh jay's first no he's he's in severe pain i need to yeah comfort him i will get back to you in a minute Mm -hmm. and i think when those uh, relationships become more established down the line you basically just talk about you know what sort of like if there's an emergency that happens to me and jay at the same time you're welcome to go to who's closer I'm going to just be like, I'm going to need them both in the same hospital. You just kill yourself. And then <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to I can't be in two places. I'm, <laughs> I'm over here with a shark. Like. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, just kind of, like, talking about it and not, like, personalizing. Like, if I was in a situation where I was with another established couple, I would kind of just understand what I'm getting into there as well, you know, where it's, like, this isn't going to be perfect yeah. as long as we're all doing our best to, like, have an awareness. And then I'm still, like, communicating my needs in a situation like that, right, where it's, like, okay, there was an emergency that happened. I was looking forward to the date. Reschedule the date, you yeah. know? Not that it's like, oh, my God, this is because that relationship is more important to me. I would caution you. I feel like when you get those, like, thoughts, I think what you're really needing to do is find out what need you need to communicate in that moment. And I'm, I, when we talk later about the anarchy, I, I really want to talk about what the difference is between non-hierarchical and relationship anarchy. That's one area that I really struggle with figuring out the difference. Okay, cool. Definitely I um made the list. Do I know that fine detail? No, but I think we're going to find it when we talk about it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, there we go. So, we just finished talking about hierarchical polyamory. Um I want to also make a note that it doesn't necessarily it's not exclusively for established couples who open relationships. I, I think that's just the easiest example to pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this can also, and that's why I wanted to start with the whole like, you know, platonic friendship situation where it's like, yeah, that that's what that could look like. This is what it looks like in practice. This is what you need to be aware of. As long as you're entering into it with awareness, you're good. Um, but this also does uh, cover, um, you know what? Nope. I said all I need to say there. Done. Number three, Insane. non-hierarchical polyamory. This is uh, essentially as it sounds. You're not prioritizing other partners over another, um, but each person's relationship with each other is still unique. Just none are prioritized, and everyone in the relationship works together to make big decisions. Uh, so I guess in this situation, I'm almost imagining a polycule, if you will, uh, where everybody's like jointly supporting a single household when i think about it in this version where where if you're going to say like working together to make big decisions it's like okay uh like a voting system so are we all in a well are what's what's a situation where all of our decisions would need to be made with all of us like maybe a house to rent yeah yeah yeah. so that's where i was kind of like i think this must be some sort of like shared equity situation (laughs) yeah well and i think it also depends on if you are doing i feel like KTP, which we'll discuss, plays more into like a non-hierarchical polyamory situation. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. KTP being kitchen table poly. Um, So I feel like some of these are a little bit more like we it lends to that structure a little bit more. Like if there's a Venn diagram, these definitely these two circles cross over. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. 
Um, I don't super have much more to say with non-hierarchical polyamory. I think it can be really varied. Um, I didn't have any extra notes on that one unless you had anything that we wanted to jump into there before I move to the next one. Um, no, I, I will say, and we can discuss on another podcast if we, we, I think we could, but not all of these are also in a sense of romantic relationships either. Okay. I think we are starting to see a movement of platonic relationships also kind of subscribing to some of these as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. We should talk about that in another episode. That feels like it has a lot of talking points. There, And it's a very interesting movement. It's a very like... I think as people, especially our age and the people coming up right behind us, mm-hmm. um, are not willing to settle down. And it's obviously harder to date, mm-hmm. dear God in heaven. Um, people are starting to actually move more towards platonic relationships. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I mean, you know this, but a lot of what had guided me in my decision to, um, you know, ultimately leave my marriage was that was the quality that I was seeing in my platonic friendships versus the quality I was seeing in my one, you romantic. know, with my romantic relationship. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I do think there's, like, definitely a, a lot of things that you can say on that. I do think a lot about I, – I definitely see myself as a person who forms friendships on a very deep, caring, like, mm-hmm. almost relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I would I mean, be you're just my pee-pee. as – I know. It would be – it would it would wreck and tr- change – my life so much if anything happened, you know. I don't even know you can hear me right now, but it made me think about it. I just don't to think about it. Do you need your emotional support shark? Yes, but only because it has so many <laughs> SHs in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is when I'm really sad that the podcast <laughs> can't see what you're doing right now. That's why y'all need to watch the YouTube. I told myself I wasn't gonna do anything that made me laugh too hard again. Sometimes on the uh, when I'm when I'm editing the video, um, and then I can really tell that I'm like enjoying myself way more than everybody else. I just like speed it up. You're like, nope. <laughs> I'm just like, let's just speed through that. So this next one, I know. I don't. I want to say I know. I feel like you identify more as the next one, or I've heard you I say do. it. I do. I would say I'm a little bit. I, I I know I like majority this portion. I wonder if I'm a little number eight or number three, but uh, I am. I do consider myself solo poly um, or sopo so, or sopo as I learned was also hashtag unreal. It made me feel very like L.A. So-po. I was like, oh, sopo. Where are you from? Are you from <laughs> SoCal? So-po. No, I'm sopo. You know what I love about abbreviations in the poly community is that you just have to un. You have to expand it again when you're mm-hmm. explaining it to somebody. What's a sopo? Now, here's the thing. I I want to say I've heard this a couple different ways. Some places will say if you're solo poly, you are your own primary partner. That's what I prescribe to. Is Self-partnered? Yeah. Is that that? The idea of like, well, well, if, if self-partnered means what I'm about to say, then yes. Um, the idea that, yeah, I do make myself and my needs my own priority this is very much coming after a long life of overfunctioning for another person, mm-hmm. um, including, you know, when I was very young and in my very first relationship. So it definitely is like me slings, you know, like the pendulum is swinging fully in the other direction now where I am really prioritizing myself. And um, I have uh, I have heard also when I was looking into these that some places were saying that solo poly is like um, just not looking to be uh, nesting. Which I guess I, I that's sort of what I prescribe to right now as well as I really want mm-hmm. my own place. Um, and But does it mean, my understanding is that solo poly doesn't mean that you're not, not, not dating. Did I say that right? Not, not dating. It, it means that you can still date. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not dating? No, not dating. I don't not, know if I double It doesn't mean that. you're not dating. The, the negative was at the beginning. Right. Doesn't mean you're not dating. Right. Yeah, so I am can still, still dating. Date. Mm-hmm. And my another version of a unicorn is yeah, somebody who is also solely solo poly, solely poly. Yes, solely that's poly. also correct. Solo poly and might be like for me the image of a person who's solo poly is that they're very, you know, in their own life and they're very I don't know, very autonomous, very individual and um, not looking to prioritize a relationship over what they have going on in their lives. It's, once again, that's where I am. 
Um, and uh, I feel like to find another person who is doing that would be like so cool. Yeah. We have a friend that's like that. Um, I feel like. Do we? Mm-hmm. Is this the thing where we're going to, I'm going to have to guess if we can't say their name? Yeah. Okay, details without the name and without anything that if they were um, listening to this that they would know that we're talking like about She's like our... Oh, I know what we're talking yep. about. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, that's the goal. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That if I... Her own house. Yeah, if I didn't have Jade, that's... I will 100% be solo poly. I swear to God, if you do not allow for me to be on the acre of land where you build that house or where you are located, I will infiltrate. As long as you know I'm, I want my own house. I want you to know I will be around your house as a fixture and I just won't move. And you will have to like see a lawn me. ornament? I will literally be holding a bulb one day. <laughs> what you gonna do? I'm excited. And you just ignore me. So essentially, solo poly is you're dating, you're prioritizing yourself. Yes. You are not committed to making decisions with other people. Yes. You make it singularly. Right, yeah. But What's I, best for me? But I think even there's some exceptions to that. Yeah. So, well, actually, just so let we me don't, hear what you think. Just so, just so we can break it down to like everything. This is all an ideal, in my opinion. Oh, like these are best case scenarios. These are best about? case. Um, and I say that because, like, so, like the person we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If I had a situation like that, obviously, if I'm going to make a decision about, like, let's say I had a job opportunity somewhere else, well, mm-hmm. I'm still dating someone, and I'm still, I still care about them, mm-hmm. so I feel like I might still be less likely to take that job opportunity because I do have someone that I care about. That's interesting. I think that one will boil down to perspective because for me, I would make that same decision, but I would be making that decision for myself because I don't want to leave that relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if, Oh, I see. But you're not asking them. Right. Like, like in that case, if I like, oh, I have a job opportunity to leave, but I also really want to see where this relationship is going. And I kind of want to like I, I feel really certain that that's where I want to be, you know, okay. then I would um, I mean, depending on how uh, what role that person has in my life, if they are somebody who I go to for advice, um, then maybe I would want to hear from, and talk about it like that to that extent. But I would probably make the decision on my own to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that because I really want to see where this one goes. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. But I agree with what you're saying in terms of like somebody else would like if I wasn't in a relationship with another person, I would definitely take their opinion into consideration, like and heavily. Like, yeah. it, like let's say it's a job opportunity that I really couldn't say no to, and then like you know at that conversation, I would really listen to them and what they were wanting or what they think they could make work and things like that. So yeah, it's not like it's not abandoning the opinions and concerns of all the loved ones around me, but it is saying that like I ask myself first. Yeah. So next is KTP. Kitchen table poly. Literally every time I say KTP, I just think KFC and then I want fried chicken. I. Here we are. I think I'm hungry. I am hungry. (laughs) The video cuts. It comes back. We have KFC. (laughs) Probably doesn't help that it says kitchen table. So I'm like, ooh, food. I know. It's all all food related. I. I got to say, and if I may take a moment to be like, I think that the the kitchen table, Polly, I love the name. I love the idea that we all gather around a kitchen table. I like the idea of it. In practice for myself, I will murder everyone. <laughs> like, I can't. I, I like the idea, but a lot of times, so kitchen table, Polly, you're more focusing on, like, the family dynamics. A lot of times, uh, not a lot of times, kids definitely can be involved in like Mm -hmm. a, there could be people with kids and there are multiple like groups in a house. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't all have to be interconnected romantically or otherwise, but they're all like, hang. they're giant family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the Brady Brady Bunch on crack. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for me, my understanding of KTP has always just been, we are okay if we meet in person. Like, we are not going to have any drama. You, I can come over and hang out with the both of you, even if I'm only having a relationship with one of you. Yeah. Like, and me and Jay are a little kitchen table poly, you know, and you're our, you're our primary. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's the difference in, like, because I feel like some kitchen table poly is also where they do all live together. Right. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. But you yeah. could. Yes. And See, I think, I think that's where wanting... I would murder people if we live together. Yeah, and I, well, the interesting thing is when I pulled this definition for it, that's also when I kind of was like, oh, 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 you know, like where I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why mm-hmm. you're using this house 
idea, uh, idiom, you know, um, when at first, so, and I almost wonder if like in the community, when we're talking about it, we're referring to it as like a being okay with meeting up your metamors and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I, mm, big full house, all people all the time. Listen, me and my cat, it's already a struggle. Like that's already too many people around me. Yeah, no, there are definite days that like, I, me and Jay just have to tell each other, like, can you just go away? Not in like a, Honestly, we're not mad or no. any kind of way. We're just, it needs space. I was just about to say, I feel like we do that in some, to some extent in the office too, where it's just like, hey, no issue, but I just oh, need yeah, to no. like. Close the door. Hurry. Yeah. That's the door for y'all on the podcast <laughs> and aren't watching. We it. also only have haunted spooky doors where it goes. <laughs> obviously. So you can really feel like you're in trouble. So KTP is more communal, mm-hmm. more family gathering, large family, yes. kind of like the village almost. That movie without yes. the creepy yes. demon thingies yes. that weren't creepy demons, they were person. So um, now I totally have KTP goals where everybody wears a long red robe. As um, long as Jocelyn Phoenix is under it. Nice. Um, can I just say, can I just confess to everybody here, I thought it was Joaquin Phoenix. Some people, I don't know. I it's always really, vary. Like Joaquin, one time, I Jocelyn. like I really one time, you know Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. like his his last name pronunciation, the real one. Mm. It's like, yeah, I I can't. It it depends on the day and time, and if I'm hungry. And obviously, I'm hungry because I keep talking about KFC. <laughs> I don't really like KFC. I know. I was like, that's an interesting. You know what's so funny is that when you are at this level of hungry, you will mention things that you would never eat. No, I will never eat KFC. You couldn't even pay me. It like no. doesn't even sound good. Me but it drive does. home getting KFC. <laughs> Sending me pictures. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I wouldn't go there. They serve Pepsi and like I just like Coke. That's the deal killer for yes. you. So many places. You just go to McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's never hurt me. Chicken nuggets. That's not true. Parallel polyamory. This is probably the one that I would say I have practiced the most. I I would be surprised to find out this isn't the most practiced dynamic of polyamory, especially considering how many established relationships are opening up and, you know, not feeling comfortable meeting their metamors and, you know, wanting their partner to do their own thing and not hold them back, but at the same time needing to handle themselves and their, like, insecurity slash jealousy by not, I don't know well, if slash jealousy. Well, and these you can, they can always. meet. They're just not meet on like a family level or like a romantic level how do you meet on a romantic family level like as in like i'm approaching you with romantic intent like with those like eyes y'all can't see her eyes even on the podcast but she just did the eyes i am approaching you with romantic intentions that's how i ask people i can kiss them <laughs> i'm like mm, that makes me uncomfortable <laughs> um I'm just, kidding, I just say it because like i've met one or two of the girls that jay's dated Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like i'm not interested in them Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't call us it was more parallel because i had no emotional involvement Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. but i still didn't meet them Mm -hmm. does that make sense we're just kind of running for the most part i'm not involved in the relationship we didn't meet but we're just kind of running parallel to each other so do we want to say that parallel is like more indicative of a level of involvement and perhaps even a lack thereof um a little bit Okay. It's almost like you're just literally just running, kind mm-hmm. of just buffering each other. I like that in your version of dating, it, there's running involved. Like for me, I'm just like holding hands, walking side by side on the sidewalk of A1A. I don't know. I'm I'm like, I'm even antsy right now. You're like, I didn't get to run the day. I've been shaking I'm all day <laughs> from sitting. It's freaking me out. I know. I'm over, by the way, chill as fuck. Relaxed. Look at the little mover over there, a little mover and shaker. Yeah, y'all can't see, but my legs have been shaking the whole time. Oh, my Lord. Like, I'm going to go somewhere. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm hyped up from the snake. I caught a snake in our office. So. It was so little. It was not that little. It was wrapped It up definitely that tried to bite big, me. That big. I'm it basically. Did. It was a little. I'm going to. Hey, first of all, here's what I want to do. Do this. Sit back. And bing. I'm going to put a picture of the snake right there. <laughs> And we, I just want, when I tell you we had the perfect method of getting the snake because we have this freaking lawnmower bag 
that was like perfectly shaped to like be like a scoop but also had a long bag mm-hmm. one so i mean which would have worked if it wanted to go inside it didn't but it did not want to nope. go inside Mm-mm. um and then uh april was so hyped she was very hyped <laughs> He's like, I got it. I'm going to get a snake. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Go. I mean, I'm like, I've cleared the way. I'm like, yes, bitch. Get it. And then she's like standing there. And I'm like, you good? She's like, yeah, I just got to, I just got to get it. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, that's the plan. Get it. Out, out, out. I just want to say that I finally did. And he didn't bite me. He tried a couple times. Okay. I know it did. It. I had to. I had to, like, I had to push the April buttons that I knew would get to work. Oh, I'd be like, you want me to do it, April? <laughs> and then you could let, your injuries are like, no! <laughs> I'm too competitive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop okay. distracting so, me. So, back to the poly and not Num- the snake. Next. So this one is monopoly relationships, which a lot like how it sounds is maybe one person in the group is monogamous and another person or persons is polyamorous, Um, which is so tricky. I think it's tricky. So, yeah, I I think this is definitely one of the trickier dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've uh, recently seen a couple posts about this where it's almost like the monoperson feels like they're a victim within the relationship and i have had an issue with that because they went into it consensual so i i think i think this is probably the one that can set you up for one of the biggest failures in my opinion this Mm -hmm. and triads where they're unicorn hunting Mm -hmm. because there is a off kilter dynamic what you mean fam so, like, how our therapist talks about, like, the three legs of a stool. Mm-hmm. I feel like monopoly leaves you the most unstable if you have someone that's not okay with getting all of your attention. Like, here's where it's tricky for me. Because, like, of course, a lot of times when I'm approaching these, uh, I'm always thinking about it experience-wise from the, the groups, the community groups, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we see... The only time I've even heard it mentioned is in dynamics where it's like established relationship, opening up, one person doesn't know how they feel or they're still trying to figure it out, maybe makes a stance to say, I will, I'm just never going to be poly, so I'm going to be monogamous. Can you already feel like the energy there? Yeah. It's very like, well, I, you know, so you're already coming from a defensive standpoint. Um, also, when you are coming from an established relationship where a lot of the things were even, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey. We're getting dinner. We're both getting dinner. You know, we're going to see a movie. We're both seeing the movie. You know, yeah. there's so much that's not shared. So once you enter into the monopoly dynamic, you don't share your partner's partners. Yeah. That's a unicorn hunter. You know, you're just kind of here stewing in your monogamy. And now I would love to believe, and I do believe there are probably healthy versions of that out there. Um, I just have not seen i think there could be i i think and the one that kind of pops into my mind and and you can tell me or other people are, are free to jump in into the comments or message us i feel like this could be good for because this even mentions having um it's good for partners that might have like mismatched libidos mm-hmm. so like if one partner's asexual and one's not mm-hmm. i feel like that could be beneficial be beneficial yeah um like, I could definitely see where suddenly my partner's like, I don't want to have sex no more. And I have a fairly high sex drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. 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 Should be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like it could lend itself to be healthy if it's done in the right way. And I guess that's always kind of the. That's that's always the rub. That's always the trigger. That's but always it. It's like on paper. Yeah. Like, that was, that was, for me, it felt like the answer in my marriage where I was very like, okay, this seems very me nature. Polyamory seems very my nature. Yeah. Monogamy seems very your nature. I'm willing to continue to be committed in this marriage as I have always been, except I want to now be open about the fact I'm attracted to other people and I would like to experience other people romantically and intimately. Um, and it just, but it just, you know. Part of that piece when you're established in a monogamous relationship is also that sharing element and that becomes something that can't be shared and then it unfortunately becomes breeding ground for jealousy and, yeah. you know, it That's can really rock the boat. That's most of the I've seen is mono 
being jealous of the poly. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder if maybe sometimes it's also because they feel like they don't have to do the work. What do you mean? Like, well, they're like, well, I'm not opening up on my side, so I don't need the therapy. I don't need the... And I saw a lot of what I've seen is a lot of unresolved or unworked through fears and uh, not sure how to handle yourself when you're alone. Fear Mm -hmm. of being abandoned, fear of loneliness, fear, you know... It's almost like they were like, well, I'm not dating, so I don't need to work on me. Like, it's them. Right. And then how many of those posts in those groups do you see where it's like, uh, just today I saw one that was like, hey, my partner's on a date today, and I just need somebody to distract me. If you guys could please just, because I'm just, I really can't handle this right now, and I just, you you guys be like sending me memes, and it's like, you ain't got nothing you want to do today? Yeah. And I I will say, like, if that's something that you struggle with, and that's super common, especially when you're opening up or starting this, or shit not even starting like it, it's just gonna hit at certain times yeah um one of our therapists that we used to see had jay make a list of things because he struggled with uh that kind of thing in the beginning mm-hmm. and she said you know there's always things to do around the house like we live on four and a half acres we mm-hmm. have animals we have a bigger house than i want <laughs> um there's always something to do so she was like make a list ahead of time And that way when it strikes, you have something to go look at and you can start doing those things. Yeah. Especially in my case, I ended up finding out that there were so many things that I wanted to do that I wasn't doing because my partner didn't enjoy them. Oh, my top list every time he left, turn on the music, dance party, wine or marriage of my enemies. Nice. Um, Medical. Medical, of course. Um, And just literally have a dance party for an hour. Yeah. Because I was like, you're out. Bye. Love it. And then my dogs just look at me like I'm crazy. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, Perfect. So, I mean, that's, that's the idea, though. The dogs have to be confused. If they're not, you didn't do it right, and Jay has to leave again. Sorry. Yep. So Next. Next one is the one that I understand probably the least. I will say for me, this is the one that's very, like, in practice, I don't know, in theory, I feel like it might fit what I'm looking for. Um, mostly because, let me just say it, no more mystery, okay? Relationship anarchy, done, 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 boom. Um, so, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it, listen, we really gotta pick this one apart, I'm gonna read it. A person who practices relationship anarchy may differ a bit from other polyamorists, but they still often fall within the spectrum of polyamory. Relationship anarchy is a relatively new term to refer to individuals who believe that all interpersonal relationships are equally important. Relationship anarchists might have multiple romantic relationships simultaneously, but may also avoid making special distinctions between relationships that are romantic, sexual, platonic, or familial. So that's a little bit like my experience in just forming relationships with people, period. Is that I always look at it as like, I'm forming a relationship with you, romantic or otherwise. And how can I nurture this relationship? What can I do to... How do I want to show up in this relationship? Like very methodical. I don't know if methodical is the right word, but just very or thoughtful maybe like I'm thinking about it, which by the way, I'm not trying to like praise the too much thinking because I also am like a recovering overthinker. But um, but yeah, I do try to approach those relationships very intentionally and they're all very important. Like I would never, um, I would never, I would try to never put myself in a situation where I have to abandon an existing relationship for another relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone was like, in order to date me, I have to stop being friends with April. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's not going to work for me because in my plan, <laughs> I'd be like, ha ha, I don't stop being friends with her. Um, I guess. Um, so I get uh, this one. Um, I Look feel like I have parts of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have parts of this. Yeah, but is that I just the kiss. <laughs> I feel like I do strive to have parts of this. Like I, I know we have talked about like the fact that I don't really um, look at you and Jay super differently. Like there's cool. a lot of things that I tell you that he doesn't know, and there's she some things that he knows. He wants that... to kiss me. Yes, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I don't even know why we started. How did that even start? The self-kiss. I don't even know. I Because I did it one day. Because, like, there are, listen, hey, anybody living alone who's struggling, I see you, okay? Sometimes you got to, like, hug yourself. yourself. 
And especially if I'm having a hard time, look kiss. Now you have these though. Look kiss. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> so so yeah. Sometimes I do like as a practice of self love. I will like give my shoulders a little kiss, and that's just because that's where I can reach. And then sometimes like a quick my baby. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so then um, one day it got particularly stressful at work and it was like a panic thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like someone give me a little, you know, a little reassuring oh. smooch. I guess so like I, I can do this to an extent. I don't know my whole self if I could truly practice this, at least not with the current relationship I have just because mm-hmm. it is so deeply ingrained. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I've backed out of a lot of it. Um. Yeah. And I would agree. I think there is definitely, like, I don't consider you guys, like, a standard heteronormative monogamous, you know, well, you're not monogamous, but, like, you know, there's very, like, there is a, a very strong effort towards individualism in your relationship, towards self-autonomy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's been my experience of living your guys' I just, relationship. I feel like, well, I guess the easiest way for me to explain how I feel about this is like kind of um, when parents say that, you know, they'll have like four kids mm-hmm. and they'll always declare like, oh, I love all my kids equally. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. And we all know that. Mm-hmm. You always have, you know, it, it's human bias. Yeah. It is human bias. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, again, relationship. You got this. You got this. Relationship anarchy. This is kind of an ideal Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But That's you will true. have biases. Like if you started dating someone, mm-hmm. male, female, whatever, by gender. Cool. There was a new one and, that and, I heard any the other and day. all in the LGBT quap. All the things. There's a new one I need to show you because I wasn't sure what it meant. Um, it's my queer um, dictionary. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I feel like even then, even if that's a romantic relationship mm-hmm. i'm still gonna know you differently like there's yes. still gonna be somewhat of a so here is where i kind of whenever i think about relationship anarchy i think that there are a few moving pieces to identify one is like you know um how how are you are there people who are you are working together with on certain goals which can can be sharing a home or doing something in the future together or maintaining working relationships together you know Mm -hmm. like that's the goal so like any there's not a relationship that can come in and shake up these established goals and so i guess i look at it uh, as um how the main uh one of the things that i've understood about polyamory is that when you have multiple partners is because they meet uh this part of you that is very unique to that relationship right Mm -hmm. um and i think that one of those things that can be unique to two people coming together is how they want to spend that time together, how they want to express their relationship with one another. So not a lot of people get the version of me that you get just because they're not capable of tuning into it. So it's like, is that, but does that make my friendship with you a bias? It's like, well, sometimes it does. Yeah. Like if I'm yeah. super hurting, I want to call you now. And if I, I, I wouldn't be able to do like a list of like, okay, well, last time I had a life tragedy, I called April, so I can't next time is like this other person's turn or whatever. Right. So like for me, the anarchy aspect is saying like that that I have with you is of equal importance to a relationship that I'd have with another person. Like it's not about like who I choose for certain things and then needing to make sure everybody gets a chance to do that with me. It's more so which parts of us naturally come out when we're together. And then like I wouldn't I wouldn't try to recreate this friendship with another person if it didn't come naturally there. Okay. So I, th- I think that it's a little bit of a roundabout way to kind of explain it. But, like, I guess, like, I don't look at it as biases. I just look at, well, that's the type of relationship I have with that person. So, but, like, let's say when I feel like also a lot of these can overlap. So you could be, mm-hmm. like, a relationship anarchist but also be a solo polyamorous like mm-hmm. with hint, almost like kink where you can have like a few different di- like yeah for sure but like if you like let's say because in this aspect they were talking about like you could choose to buy a house with their best friend rather than the romantic partner of 10 years but mm-hmm. wouldn't that act of buying a house with one person over the other almost then kind of defunct the anarchy because you are showing like or is it just 
Yeah, I guess that's where I get tripped up. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that there are certain behaviors that you can have with a person which are um, unintentionally hierarchical. Yeah. Okay. Because isn't that kind of what we were talking about with hierarchical polyamory is that like it does tend to happen more with people who are like nesting partners, Mm -hmm. live together, you know. Yeah. So that's where I think my confusion lies is like I feel like if you aren't solo poly – it's a little bit harder to be a true anarchist. Okay, well, let's look at it this way. Um, I would consider my relationship with you and Jay, specifically including Jay, as like a form of relationship anarchy. Okay. Mostly because um, I don't, I don't put a stop to how close I want to feel to either of you. I just feel it. So, like, if you were like CJ, would you like to buy a house with me? I'd be like, no. <laughs> But then, first of all, if you ask me that, that's how I would know you're a cyborg because I don't think you don't even want that. Um, Not because it's CJ. I want to live with nobody. That see, and that's what I'm saying. And <laughs> so, like, when I look at like how you express your relationship with Jay, I don't look at it as like, oh, that's something that's you know, oh, it's because Jay's more important to me than me. You know, it's kind of just like, yeah, but that no, that's your relationship with Jay. And when I met you guys, I had to like accept that, like, yeah, no, you're always going to be closer. Not and not like you're always going to be closer. It's just like you're always going to have that relationship, which is going to be very different from what our relationship is like. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's like the idea is what I think that will probably vary person to person on what actions are like. This is the big thing. Like for me in my life, that version of like this is a big thing is whoever I pick to go to Japan with me. Like when I travel, that's. Y'all be ready for that because you'll know who she picks if I'm crying or not. like uh. (laughs) so yeah so it's like i i'm not i'm not super interested in buying a house for example but or or like having a child so like i'm not picking so for me i i can almost float on this relationship anarchy radar very like yes everything is equally not important so okay actually that's something i want to speak to i don't think that the relationship anarchy means that like everything is uh equally unimportant it's just that there is no scale of importance in terms of like oh you're important because we do this together it's just like no this is this is how our relationship manifests when we are together and that's just what that is it still does require the responsibility of being honest what that looks like with the people you are getting into relationships with because if i were to say to somebody like hey i'm a non-hierarchical relationship anarchist but if I am in a tragedy, I will call my friend April Strickland first. Thank you. You know, like. As I call you. Thank you. Obviously. But it is, yeah, like, and that's, like, why, where I also take on the responsibility to be, like, yeah, what specifically does it look like? What kind of relationship do I want? It's, like, yeah, well, I'd like somebody to think of me when they have good news and call me. Notice how I didn't say first or. Yeah. Like, so, like, it is, so, if I'm understanding, there can still be bias. Like, there can still be. Uh, I think I think it's like it depends on what you consider a bias. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. This is this is the one that really trips me up the most for some mm-hmm. reason. But I Do also you have any know other it's examples in... of like biases. Let me get role playing. Oh, role playing. <laughs> we brought it back to kink, y'all. <laughs> April gets excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. Well, so I do know of someone who claims who claims proclaims to be an anarchist but Mm -hmm. has multiple partners Mm -hmm. and i I believe kids with multiple partners i don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that so let let's just say that is the case we can make up someone fred Ooh, fred dirt hi fred so let's say fred dirt has three partners two of those partners have kids Mm -hmm. so i i just feel like especially with the kids involved you're going to have some natural draw to those two yeah and so is this that is this where the bias word comes in yeah okay cool um i that is present for sure i'm not saying that that's eliminated except when i for me using the word bias almost like gives this idea of like well i wanted to do that and you're not choosing me to do that oh okay 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 whereas in my version it's like if i am a relationship anarchist and i so in my version, I don't have children with another person. But it you have to know that, like, that comes with a level of commitment. And, like, I can't. Sorry, we're checking the time. No, I just want to make sure that it's still recording. Yeah, no, it's still going. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but it's this idea of, like, as opposed to saying you have that bias, it's like, okay, no, you have that ingrained commitment in your life. So I can't, like, try to change that. Okay. And that's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Amber's like, I better access my I agree and understand voice tone or else CJ's not going to let this go. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> no, I think it's just something. And, and a lot of it even says, like, this is a newer term. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that's still being... Well, we're still working it out as relationship anarchists, too, as, like, what does it even look like? Yeah. Like, for me, the biggest one is, like, the anarchy aspect is that, like, I don't agree with these concepts such as, like, like you know, well, romantic relationship has to be more important than a firm relationship. Like, that, mm-hmm. that for me, that's item number one. My friends are just as important as my intimate relationships, just as important as my familiar relationships. Yeah. And sometimes. Sometimes. Even more. <laughs> sometimes. Familial, less so. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, um, hey. You made it all the way to the end of this episode about relationship structures in polyamory. Finger guns. Quick, quick recap. We got triads and quads. Or throuples. We got hierarchical and non-hierarchical polyamory. We got the SOPOs. Solo poly. Thank you. We got KTP. Make me hungry. We've got parallel poly, monopoly, and relationship anarchy. One of those will fit best for you. Tell us down below what you think would be the best one for you. And um, if you were paying attention also, we had some words come up. I'm just going to go over them very quickly here. And you can skip this episode over. But we did say metamore. A metamore is your partner's partners, not required mm-hmm. for you to be romantically involved with them. Um OPP is something that can happen in some hierarchical relationships called a one penis policy. Yikes. Then there's also a V hinge. This is the one person who has a relationship with two people. Imagine a V from a bird's eye view. But those two people are not in a relationship with each other. Okay. And then we also got polysaturated, which is a polyamorous person who is just at their limit of having relationships and are not open to any more. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Goodbye. Bye. Animations. Animations. Oh. I'm I'm so proud of us because neither mm-hmm. of us. Uh, you have no idea how many times I them. wanted to put this on <laughs> and, and do something with it. And over a wine bottle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wanted to put this on my hand so many times and start talking with it. You should've. don't even know. First of all, you should have had the puppet disappear. And then reappear, but it's on your hand when it came up the next time. And then when I'm looking at the camera to try to be like, doing my funny stuff, and I look back at you, (laughs) pop it. I'm going to have to remember to edit this end out. Yes. Yeah, you really need to. Um, But yes, for the video purposes, I would really like it if you could um, just, uh, we both get off. uh, And then, except I'm, wait, put put your shark by my mic and I'll zoom in on it. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Freaks, Kings, and Geeks. Oh my. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, but now let's pose that for was so the, um, what's the, what do we want to, what, what do we want, what do we want the uh, thumbnail to be? Oh, uh, are we posing for that? Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Am I done with this? Yes. <laughs>